0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eminem Marvel Mania Podcast. I'm Nick.
1: And I am the first son of Odin. No, you're Mike. Yeah, I am Mike.
0: <laughs> you ain't Thor, bro. Yeah, you ain't Thor.
1: Well, I mean, I can't be Thor, but I can be Thor from Endgame. You could be uh, Phil, you know, son of Cole. I quite like that, actually. You like that, right? <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, so... Uh, what are we talking about today, Nick?
0: Today, we were talking about Thor, uh, 2011 movie, I believe, right? Yes, 2011.
1: 2011. The introduction of the son of Odin, or should I say, the sons <clears throat> of Odin. This is coming, this right. recording coming right on the heels of the ending of the much beloved Loki series, Loki, yes, season one, I should say, Se- season one, the ending of season one. So, now we're going to talk about where it began for him and where it began for everybody in this mystical space earth hybrid mcu that has come to be
0: well yeah this is the film that basically introduces like the mythological you know sense space of the
1: you know space exactly you know? this is where this this is where all that began yeah and it all begins with the son of odin dropping onto earth and getting hit in the freaking face by a van okay so let's start with this the Thor movies get a lot of hate, especially Thor one and two.
0: Thor, especially Thor two. Thor I two,
1: think. but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll but get I think, to that. I think that if you're gonna talk about a movie that doesn't deserve the hate it gets, I think this movie doesn't deserve that kind of hate. No, I mean it has a lot
0: of things that you know go into other movies and you know TV shows you see with Loki as
1: well. Well, this is this is a TV TV. This <laughs> is a movie. Where we really start to see the MCU go beyond Iron Man, Hulk, and Captain America. You
0: think you're the only superhero in the world? Well, exactly.
1: Not? But this ain't from his world. This is from Asgard, as the Grand master Wait, once said. Why he saying that like that? He said Asgard. You so don't as- remember that? No. 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 There's a part in the movie where he's like Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole point of this being, I just, I just love Jeff Goldblum and Thor Ragnarok. Okay, that, that's the bottom line. Uh, to get back to this movie though, Thor One. It gets too much hate. It just does, and I think it we does. both agree on that. But this movie really expands the MCU. You meet a lot of new characters we hadn't met before, who are integral later on. Odin, Loki, and Thor, obviously. There's
0: a lot of introductions. You have you know introductions with Asgard, Jotunheim, Midgard, all, all these different. The exactly. Set, the, what is it? The set, is it the nine nine realms. Nine realms. You know.
1: You know, and we just meet a lot of different <clears throat> characters throughout this film that. Uh, who come back in all these different projects? Darcy Lewis, Eric Selvig, Jane Foster, among others. And yeah. then obviously the tie-ins to Shield. We meet Clint Barton, Hawkeye, in this movie briefly. Oh, yeah. You know, Phil Coulson comes back again. Jasper Sitwell makes his first appearance. And this movie really fleshed out the world. Did some good world building for the MCU, both on Earth and on Asgard. Yeah. No, there were a lot of many different introductions to this film. And, you know, it really shows that there's a lot of legwork when you're building a cinematic universe like this, because a lot of time you have to spend time just going into the the details of the universe itself, building out the details and the characters and the worlds themselves. And that can take away from it in this movie. Yeah, there was a lot of exposition. You had Mm -hmm. to get through a lot to introduce Asgard. Odin, in particular, was quite an exposition machine in this movie, I thought you know explaining how certain things work but i think that kind of goes with the territory when you're expanding a universe like this
0: yeah i mean it's not like say you would have like the guardians film first before you had thor you know things about so, it like that
1: no exactly and it's all about it's all about creating the foundation for the mcu going forward after this so from there obviously we move into the plot of this film and this movie starts out in the desert, New Mexico.
0: It's it's a basic introduction. I mean, you don't know what's going on. Now I mean... <laughs> look, so
1: I will say this before we even get started. The one thing I can complain about with this movie, and I think that people will agree, the one thing that I think can be a, a, is a very solid complaint here is that they didn't exactly choose the most interesting backdrop on Earth. For what was going on, if you know what I'm saying, like mm. like a desert town, you know, it's not like the most interesting scenery. In New Mexico, I New mean, me- yeah, you know, it's not the New York City. Obviously, you can't have everything in a
0: big city like that. No, but it's a random, it's a random point of interest, I guess. You know, yeah,
1: you know, it's I don't know. I guess you know, the color, you know, just looking at sand the entire time, it's
0: like <laughs> <laughs> you looking at sand.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess. You know, I don't know. For me, it wasn't it wasn't it's- exactly a one.
0: I but, guess they thought about it a lot. I mean, they, it was a small town. One of the best parts was like, we'll get into it, but like when Thor like is looking for like an animal,
1: I need a horse, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's complete well, Thor really does play the fish out of water character in this movie. Yeah, he's from another, he's yeah. from another realm, you know, he's not from earth. Exactly. You know, and, and he plays Chris Hemsworth. I mean, obviously Ragnarok is probably the most funny film he's in, but He's still got some chops in this movie, although the Thor he's playing here is very different from the Thor he plays later on. No, I
0: mean this is for this is his origin story. You know, we're getting into how we first and you know how he's first introduced into the MCU.
1: So to begin getting into Thor, this Thor is a young, cocky, hot shot, up and coming king to be. <laughs> and he is—he—he he just thinks he can beat the hell out of everyone at any time, yeah. anywhere. He's a he's, cocky guy. He's he is, bloodthirsty. He's, he's a
0: bloodthirsty guy. Yeah.
1: In this movie, he is bloodthirsty. He wants everybody who wants any—if—if—if if, if you wrong Thor in this movie, he comes after you to ask the Frost Giants.
0: Yeah, he kind of seeks out war a lot. Like, Very, like in the—in this movie, really, he's like. Oh yeah, I want I could beat the shit out of anybody I
1: want. Exactly, you and know? extremely stubborn, you know. And and his father obviously like, no, you're not uh, a good king. Does not seek, does not out, seek war. out war. Right. Yeah, no. And Thor's kind of the opposite of that message. He's an impulsive, stubborn brat who's being handed the king of Asgard, and obviously that does not sit well with somebody in the family. With the great Loki. Yes. Loki Laufeyson, son, the man, the myth legend yes mr mobius's best friend <laughs> mr Mo- well the the 2012 version uh, i mean, guess
0: of, of loki you'd say best friend
1: bottom line is that he would become a best friend of yeah, mr mobius okay
0: best friend of mr mobius yes i mean you gotta you have to love loki in this film being introduced and i love the fact that loki was also uh tom hiddleston was actually going for the role of thor too he wasn't actually going for loki he was actually going for part of thor this
1: is true he wanted to be thor originally and it's funny because originally, also, Chris Hemsworth's brother, Liam Hemsworth, wanted oh, yeah, he the, did. Role, the role of he Thor as well. For that. And they right. ended up giving it to his brother. Now, Liam Hemsworth, if I'm not mistaken, does he play fake Thor in Ragnarok?
0: No, no, no. that was, what's called? I oh, mean... no, that's the
1: other brother. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. What's his name? What's his name? I think it's Luke. I don't know.
0: They, I just it, remember Matt Damon played Loki. I remember that.
1: Yeah. Matt Damon was Loki Yeah, and, I, and one of the great small cameos in the MCU. <laughs> it was a great cameo. But yeah, Loki, Loki, I think is the real bright spot of this movie. And, you know, Tom Hiddleston, obviously, he's such a standout every time he's on screen.
0: He, he, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like the bright part of the movie. He's more of the what's called. He's more of the dark part of the
1: movie. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in, if you're talking about, you know, his role in the movie, his role in the movie is to be the counter action to Thor. Whereas Thor is stubborn and brass or crass, I should say. And you know, he's very, you know, bloodthirsty, like we said. Loki's more calculated, more manipulative. And no, he, he he he's more about planning things, whereas Thor kind of is on the whim type of character.
0: Well, Loki kind of what's the word? Kinda persuades Thor certain like in certain ways. Absolutely. You know, he's well, the manipulation. He's, a, he's the god of mischief, you know. And I see this as, like, if you don't know Thor and Loki, like, their little dynamic duo they got going, you don't see Loki as, like, the villain of this movie. It's kind of like a plot twist. Like, you see it as the Frost Giants being the main villain of that movie.
1: Well, yeah, like, you would imagine, based on the way that it was structured early on with the way Odin was talking about the Frost Giants, that they would be the main villain. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and this, the Frost Giants and everything, it all centers around Thor's coronation. And midway through that ceremony, the Frost Giants attack Asgard, breaking a treaty, which, as we learned, was set forth long ago between uh, Odin and Laufey. Mm-hmm. And Laufey being the uh, leader of the Frost Giants, obviously. And we see here, this is where the conflict begins, because right after the attack, Odin's like, no, nope, they're done. They're, it's over. And then Thor's like, no, <laughs> the, these bastards need to pay. But they came into our, our... What was it? The... The Ron- not the uh, whatever it was, they 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 came looking the for armory, something, something. or something. They came looking for something. They were trying to take something.
0: They came to our grounds. They, they were
1: all. It was. I think it was the weapon vault. Whatever the weapons it was. vault.
0: That's what it was. They had all the. They had a. What the hell was that thing called? That the Frost it, it, giant. Their source of power. Yeah.
1: No. Because whenever. I think you're right. It's definitely a Frost Giant weapon. Yeah.
0: No, it's a Frost Giant weapon. I mean, we're not talking about the Tesseract here. It's no, no, something. and it's not
1: the Tesseract, but it looks like the it Tesseract. It looks like the
0: Tesseract. I, yeah. I
1: know exactly what you're saying, yes. With the handles on the side, it's a source of power for the Frost Giants, yes. Yes. So, but moving on from that, so obviously right after this, we begin to meet everybody in Asgard, and we meet the Warriors 3, and Nick, name the Warriors 3. Okay. You got Vols... Vols... Is it Vol, Volstage? What was that? Vol, Volstage?
0: Volstag. Volstag, yeah. 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 Hogan. I know Lady Sif. That's not the word. through yeah. But, uh, Fran, Frandle? Vandrel. Fandral. Fandral. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know what? I've asked you that many times in the past. I, tra- I don't know why I can't get the names down. Nah, you know what? They're kind of minor characters. This is probably the biggest role they have in any of the movies. Yeah, Thor 2 didn't have much no thor 2 they were there but like not as big obviously and they all get unceremoniously killed off in ragnarok they lost more time every single movie that they were in well i think it just that's also partially due to the response to the movies like we see the thor movies after thor 2 shift in tone completely Mm -hmm. you know ragnarok and dark world outside of chris hemsworth and tom hiddleston are just completely completely different movies
0: different you have a movie you go from thor you go to Thor 2, which is like kind of a darker film, I guess. Yeah, but, but it follows the and, same type of theme. But it yeah. follows the same theme. Then you go to Ragnarok, and it's like, wh- where all this comedy come no, from? Where,
1: why is that, Why is Thor funny now? <laughs> why is he so I mean, we knew he was funny, but like, how did it go to this extreme? No, exactly. And it completely changes the way that Thor is portrayed in the MCU. Yeah. And before that, Thor, the whole world of Thor and Asgard is more Shakespearean. It, it, it's more dramatic. It's, you know, it, I don't know how to put it. It just doesn't come off like a comedy. I want to say a line. It's like, it's an Avengers line, but
0: does mother know you wear their dress? Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: like, it's exactly. Great. Because that's exactly how it appears yeah, no, to people watching it. And it's an in-universe joke from Tony Stark, but yes. still, I, I, but I think still... it's kind of true. Yes. It's not the same and it changes over time. And the... And, Again, not to say that this necessarily was bad, because you know, this movie is quite enjoyable, as we've said many times. And I and look, we'll get into it, but I think there is some redeeming factors to Thor too as well.
0: I think so. I I mean I enjoy the beginning of the film very much. The middle part is like, it's okay, Thor doesn't really have like his powers and no. stuff, you know. It was it this
1: was very... this movie was about creating, you know, the Thor that would be in the Avengers. Yeah, Giving him some sort of arc wherein he becomes worthy, per se. And speaking of worthy, we meet the worthy judge, the Hammer himself, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan? Jonathan. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, it's obviously Mjolnir. Mjolnir. (laughs) Mjolnir. So you got Thor's Hammer in this movie. And Darcy Lewis, Jane Foster, Eric Selvig are on Earth. They run into Thor in the van. Boom, all of a sudden. So Thor gets himself banished, destroyed, taken out of Asgard.
0: Well, after Loki persuading him to go fight the Frost Giants. Exactly.
1: So to to go through it, Loki is the one we find out later in the movie that brings the Frost Giants the path Into, into into Asgard to begin. Yes, He wants this conflict to ensue so that he can look like a hero to Odin.
0: And that way Thor does not become king of Asgard. Exactly.
1: But... Thor goes to Jotunheim after the original attack during his coronation. And he goes to Jotunheim with the Warriors 3, oh, yeah, Sif, Sif and Loki. Loki. Yes. And they go there and they're just kicking ass. Taking out Frost Giants until Odin shows up and is like, nah, nah. These are the actions of a boy. Ah. But... By that point, war is on the dark
0: horizon. I mean, you showed you showed a lot of fight scenes with you know the Warriors three and Sif and Loki. Like you see Loki's first like perspective on like his magical abilities. Yeah, you see his
1: shape shifting abilities. You, you can see his projection stuff that we really go in depth on in the Loki series. Yeah. you know you see the beginning of that here.
0: But I mean, I you see all like the word you see all their fighting capabilities, kind of. And you know, obviously, you don't see them fight that much in other no, movies. No, no, yeah, you know. But you really get a good look with Thor and his hammer. And he's like swinging that thing around. Yeah. But he was doing most of the work.
1: Yeah. No, they really did a good job here of immediately showing just how powerful Thor is. And obviously he's only gotten more powerful in subsequent films. But it was a good starting point for that. And then they do the one thing that you have to do to a character that powerful. You strip him down and you really humanize him. And yep. Thor gets banished to Earth by his father in a scene that was apparently improvised by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I like the the scene that was improvised. I remember is when
0: Loki's trying to inter like say something, and then Odin's like, "Ah!" Yeah, he like, <laughs> like, <and he's laughs> like growls like, at him. He's,
1: yeah, he's like, and, and and Tom Hiddleston's like character is like so shocked, and he's like, "Whoa!" No, no, they they do a great job, and and there's a lot of great acting talent in this movie. So Thor gets sent to Earth. And he gets run into by Jane Foster, Jane Foster Darcy L. Lewis, Eric Selvig, and Darcy Taserson. That was, yeah. It's like, <laughs> sorry I tased you. But, Nick, answer me this if you can, because this was something I had problems with when I was watching the film. I'll try my best to answer it. How can I buy into Natalie Portman as some nerdy astrophysicist? I mean, uh you know doesn't fit the look that movies have set for that type of character it's like you could see
0: darcy as one
1: not, not even darcy too like Cat dennings i can't see eric Selving's the only one that kind of fits the mold here mm, that's true i mean I, I guess so you know but that's just something i found funny because obviously we, we've seen natalie portman and other stuff you know she's 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 Padme in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, and she's played completely different types of roles, and now she's just playing like a scientist in the MCU. Well, but she's coming back into, and bring I'm glad her. they're bringing her they're, back they're bringing her because her back. I think that Jane after Dark World, and we'll get into it obviously, is kind is completely abandoned, and there was a lot more they could have done, and she's such a talented actress. Yes. So, they run into him, and they send this guy to the hospital, and Thor mm-hmm. goes on a rampage, and the hammer gets sent to Earth. Whoever he be worthy will possess the power, power. of Thor. Thor. Thor isn't like it. Thor. Thor is like strapped down to a,
0: a, a seat, I guess, a hospital chair, and it's like he's in a mental hospital almost. The <laughs> fact that he's just
1: strapped down. Yeah, no, he. The, know? And they're trying to restrain him, and he's just breaking out. He's more power, <laughs> even without his powers, he's more powerful than the average human. And And he's just beating everyone. And then they, they, they they just inject him, They sedate him. him. Yeah. Like, nah, (laughs) you dare attack the son of Odin. (laughs) Oh man. And it's funny because for the first two thirds of this film, everyone on earth just thinks that he's a mental patient. Nobody
0: knows who he is. Even Eric Selvig was like, there's no such thing as Thor, Loki, by frost, rainbow bridge. Yeah, none of you that's know. real. None of that's real. Then he looks in the books and he's like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe maybe, yeah, it's maybe,
1: real. maybe, maybe it's real. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's got a point. You know, you know. <laughs> but now Thor, and this is where I guess you could say that people complain about this movie, because from that point until the final fifteen minutes of the film, you don't see Thor in his full power. You know, this majority of this movie is Thor almost as like an average guy. And it, it's I guess you could say because it, it, it's meant to humanize him. It's meant to create an arc that when he becomes that person with the power again, he's more humble. He's gone through a transformation of some sort. Yeah, and to yeah. so that is true. But I understand the complaint people would say against this film that, oh, you know, well, we came to see Thor, and instead we got Donald Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Blake, yeah, so his his little uh,
0: false identity, alter ego. Well, yeah. Alter ego.
1: I believe I believe in the comics he goes by Donald Blake, so I think that's what they were referencing with that. But now, Thor is on Earth. There's a hammer in the middle of a desert, sir. We found it. We found it. I and the return of my guy, Philip J. Coulson. Your favorite guy. Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, no, not on that show, but yeah.
0: Not on the show. No, it's no, he's my guy, Philip, guy. J. Colson. So
1: Philip J. Coulson. Philip J. Coulson is back, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this movie actually expands S.H.I.E.L.D. quite a bit, too. You know, we meet Hawkeye for the first time in this film. Yeah. Nobody knew, nobody knew who that was, even. No, uh, but I mean, it, well... Hulk. I mean, you can tell with the bow. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. If if you're a comic fan if back then and you're watching, fan, yes. it's like, oh, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be Hawkeye. They be even Hall say guy. Barton. Yeah. Like, like you know who he's supposed to be. But to us now, it's like that's the introduction of an original Avenger.
0: Right, that's how you had Black Widow introduced into Iron Man too.
1: Exactly. Well, I I think it was more it was more on the nose with her that she was supposed to be Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it's just like a, a 30 second cameo for Clint Barton, and then we don't see him again till the Avengers. Yes. So but still they do a good job expanding that. And Four is completely out of fish out of water here. He's just so <laughs> so baffled by what's going on around him doesn't know
0: what's going on
1: doesn't know what's going on another (laughs) i
0: love that scene he's at the diner
1: this drink i like it another another it's great but all this time while thor's on earth loki is scheming up in asgard and the worst father in the mcu decides you know what i banished my eldest son and now my youngest son just found out that he's not even as guardian. he's a frost giant, and that I lied to him for all these years. So now is a good time for me to fall into Odin's sleep, so I don't have to deal with any of this crap.
0: You think he? You think he intentionally fell into the Hon- Odin sleep? honest,
1: honest to God, the way it looked, and I know the way they explain it to me is that is that it's his way of recharging his power in oh, the yeah. Odin sleep, and they don't know how long he's in the sleep for, but you know for, yeah, the the, 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 the timing of it comes off like someone who sees what's going on around him and says, I'm not dealing with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it comes off like, Oh, Oh my eldest son. I banished him to earth. My youngest son. Oh yeah. You just found that. I lied to him. It's time to go take a nap. You're adopted. <laughs> you're, you're, you're adopted. <laughs> so he goes to sleep and then by default, the King of Asgard is Loki
0: at that. Yeah. At that time, he's King of Asgard. And you see how you know after Odin is in the Odin sleep, is the Odin sleep?
1: Yeah, yeah. the Odin sleep. The Odin
0: sleep. You could see how now Loki takes advantage of this power that he all of a sudden has. Exactly. You know, you tell
1: Heimdall to lock down the Bifrost.
0: Yeah, and now you have since. Oh, Loki, you're you're king now. Can you like bring Thor back to us? You know. Yeah. Oh, I can't undo what the. All Father has, you know. Yeah, my done. my
1: first command cannot be to undo the All Father's lap.
0: It's, like, it's like, why not? Well, why can't you do that? Come on,
1: uh, because Loki doesn't want to. He's a power-hungry maniac.
0: But does he just want power, or is he just being afraid of being alone?
1: Uh, that's that's more for the TV show. <laughs> I know. I
0: know. That's, <laughs> that's a good. question
1: for Sylvie and him, <laughs> not 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 so much for the son of Odin to answer or Laufy's son to answer. Yeah. Uh, the people need consistency. Was his line. He said yeah. the people need consistency. And I'm not gonna undo the All Father's Last Command that happened yeah. right before he went into the Odin's sleep.
0: Yeah, he schemed a lot of stuff. And didn't Loki say when he went to go visit Thor on Midgard that Father was dead?
1: Yes, Loki lies to him, Loki tells lies him Odin's to him. dead. Mother
0: doesn't want to see you.
1: Mother doesn't want to see you. And basically, he's trying to keep Thor out of Asgard because this is his time to shine. Mm-hmm. And Loki, look. You understand where Loki's coming from. Lied to by his father about his heritage. Basically told you're going to compete for the throne against your, your brother. Later you find out, oh yeah, I'm not even from the same bloodline. And yeah, you passed over me for him anyway. That's, and, that's a lot to and, take and, in. <laughs> and that's a lot for somebody to take in. And Loki lashes out in this film. in And, and like I said, he's a manipulative, calculated guy. And everything he's doing in this film on Asgard after Odin falls into the Odin sleep, and even beforehand, is his way of manipulating everybody around him to get what he feels he's deserved.
0: Yeah, from the beginning all the way to the end, Loki was pretty much manipulative. You know?
1: And in this time that Loki is running amok on Asgard, Thor is in captivity at S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's when Loki comes to visit him. And, and yeah. Thor breaks through everybody. And he's God, finally it's... got his chance. He's gonna lift the hammer. He's gonna prove he's worthy. And nothing.
0: I mean, it was a great. It was a. It was a powerful scene. Yeah. But you knew he wasn't gonna be able.
1: And to he, it. as Phil Colson says, you made some of my guys look like a bunch of minimum wage mall cops. Yeah.
0: Where? What division are you from? Like, where? You...
1: <laughs> Where'd you learn all this? For Russia. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, Colson's Colson's immediately assuming like, oh yeah, this guy's got to have some training. It's like, no, he's from another planet. <laughs> 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 well, that brings us to probably the thing in the film that's actually most interesting because now Thor in his captivity he gets taken out he gets bailed out by Selvig you know Donald Blake is his name Donald Dr Donald Blake whatever you want to call it and it's in this time that the mutiny is happening on Asgard with the warriors three as they're like oh yeah you know uh you know we have to we have to go to earth and Heimdall's like well Loki said I can't let anybody use the Bifrost I cannot open the bifrost for anybody he leaves the sword so he just leaves the sword and everyone <laughs> and the lady lady Sif and the warriors there are like oh okay and they send themselves to Ur.
0: their entrance in into midgard everybody's like looking at them like they,
1: they look like a bunch of people coming from the renaissance <laughs> fair what the, what the hell are you wearing right now <laughs> they look like a bunch of renaissance people and everyone's like oh crap this is real so, happening. so thor was telling the truth this whole time And everybody is starting to find out here. Now, keep in mind that in the MCU timeline, later on, we find out that this is not the first time, obviously, with Captain Marvel that people from another planet have come to the Earth. But this at this moment to everybody else, because it was very kept secret about Captain Marvel. This is this is now becoming a massive event where Earth is getting extraterrestrial visitors.
0: Yeah. I mean, after I mean, going back to like uh, Captain Marvel, like before that and before Captain America. You know, you had all this different, you know, mythological people and people with superpowers and
1: the world just wasn't ready for that. No, not at all. And it brings us to Loki's master plan. So as we know, Loki let the Frost Giants into Asgard at the beginning of the movie. Yes, he but did. then he goes back to Jotunheim and he tells them, I'm going to need you and a handful of your soldiers. You want to kill the Father? He can do it while he's in his sleep. And of course, Loki being the bastard that he is, he his is lying. Father. He kills his biological father instead. So Laufey shows up ready to take out Odin, free and clear. And at the same time, Loki is sending the destroyer to Earth to kill his brother. Yeah. And all of a sudden, as Laufey is about to lay waste to Odin, Loki's like, and your death will have come at the son of Odin. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I'm, oh, and, and, and I remember, and I remember from watching this, it's just, it's such a great line because you didn't really see that coming when you're watching the film for the first time.
0: No, you thought Odin was dead right then and
1: there. Loki really is. Loki really is a bastard, man. <laughs> Bottom line. No, and he the, is. The guy, look, yeah, he was supposed to be used as a means to keep the peace And form an alliance between the Asgardians and the Frost Giants. And what does he do? Oh, yeah, this is the guy that kills the leader of the Frost Giants anyway. And, oh, yeah, that's his biological father.
0: (laughs) And he was just seen as, like, a side character. He was never, like, to think that Loki has come so far in the MCU.
1: Well, he's always had his fans. And he's always been one of the most popular characters in the entire Marvel Universe. And that's part of the reason why he got his TV show is for that reason. Tom Hiddleston is phenomenal. He's a great actor. Yes. And it's just it's unprecedented the way that a side character, at least in in retrospect, how a side character like Loki, who's supposed to just be like the, the main enemy to Thor, ends yeah. up taking on such a bigger role. And all these years later, he's still here. Yeah, it, it is. It is crazy. And now, speaking of which, we have two final battles in this film. We have Loki and Thor. And Thor and the Lady Sif Warriors 3 crew versus the Destroyer. So, after the Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 roll up in New Mexico like a gang of um, a Renaissance fan. They roll up. Everyone's like, oh, what's going on? Well, guess what? Thor's been telling the truth this entire time. So, this is another great display of Lady Sif's warrior prowess. I think as they go toe to toe with the destroyer sent by Loki from Asgard yes. and they're going toe to toe with it. And Lady Sif plunges a dagger deep into the throat of the destroyer.
0: Yeah, you think you think that would do it, huh? But yeah. the destroyer
1: <laughs> lives and a battle ensues where Thor sacrifices himself to save a Jane. So Thor in this point, not worthy, doesn't have the hammer, doesn't have his powers. He's basically average Joe. But but then, the moment. So, Jane is in danger, and obviously this film, the romantic angle, has been Jane Foster and Thor Odin's son. And Jane is in danger, and Thor says, go, I will confront the Destroyer. Tells the Warriors Three and Lady Sif, I got this. I got this. And Thor gets the shit kicked out of him. He really did, yeah. And he's beaten up, he's down for the count, but all of a sudden... He puts that hand to the sky. He is worthy once again. It's a, it's a great scene. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to die. Well, I mean, picked... obviously he wasn't going to die. It's his first movie. It's his first movie. You know? you know, it's hard It's hard to have pictured that. But still, a great moment where he receives the hammer. He's in full gear. And now, all of a sudden, he's perfectly equipped to take on the Destroyer. Yeah. I like the Destroyer a lot. It's... No, the Destroyer's really good fold. It, you know, that way you didn't have to send Loki to Earth.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Destroyer. I wish... I kind of wish we had more Destroyer in other films, too.
1: Yeah, something to that respect. I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of like Ultron. Uh, version... A ver- like, you know, a metal beast. Yeah,
0: I, I guess yeah, you know, so. I I guess
1: if you want to look for something similar there, right, that, that'd that be where I would put it, at least. But then Thor uh, says, Do you want to see that Rainbow Bridge that I was talking you. about? Right, wait, we can't. We have to go take down Loki. Yeah, so... Thor says to them, says his goodbyes, has his kiss with Jane,
0: says goodbye to Phil Coulson. Yes, so.
1: son of Cole, son of Cole. So you're not really, you didn't really say who you say you were, you know. You know. So Thor and Coulson have a nice back and forth. You're really uh, <laughs> Donald Blake, right? <laughs> should, Donald Blake, you weren't really telling us the whole truth here. So Coulson agrees to give all the equipment that he had taken earlier back to Darcy, Jane, and Eric Selvig. And everything on Earth is pretty much tied up in this film. And Thor returns to Asgard. Heimdall opens the Bifrost after he breaks out and attacks the frost, frost giants yeah. that were frost guarding giants, him. Yeah. And now Loki is in Asgard and he's going to destroy Jotunheim. And Thor gets back and he's like, uh uh. <laughs> and he tells Frigga the truth, like, of what is happening.
0: Yeah. You know how sick it is for Loki to. Kill his father, then destroy the place where he came from.
1: Yeah, well, I think Loki, because he wants the throne of Asgard so bad in this film, will do just about anything to impress Odin and Frigga. But the thing—it just
0: boggles my mind. Like Loki, okay, you're adopted. Like he's not your real father. You realize that, right? Like I, I get I he, I get you ca- Like he
1: cared for you. I don't disagree.
0: You know he he cared for you and all. It's like. What are you doing over here?
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's sus. You're trying to prove this, man. What? And he didn't even, he's not even, Odin's not seeking out war. No. You know, what, what are you trying to prove? So, but Loki basically takes down his home. And it's kind of symbolic when you really think about it. Loki destroys his true home, his biological home. Yeah. Because he's pledging himself to Asgard in that moment. And it really shows you that he does care about Asgard in his own self-centered, twisted kind of way. Yeah, a little bit. You know? And he's trying to prove that love to his parents. And I mean, obviously, Thor is a roadblock in his plan, which is why he sends the Destroyer to take out Thor. Yeah. But Thor returns, and <sighs> big fight on the Rainbow Bridge ensues.
0: Yeah, between Loki and Thor.
1: And this is where the movie really, I guess you could say... Brings us into the biggest trope from the Thor movies the fake Loki death.
0: Yeah, the, the beginning Ugh. of a Loki death
1: series. Ugh. You know, I, I look, it's not the Marvel fake death universe for no reason, man. Yeah, I, I mean, they just he's a trickster, he's he's a shapeshifter, he's he's every type of stir in the book, he, you know. He Ugh. did he did die though, he did so he did. Thor and Loki are battling on the Rainbow Bridge, and Thor destroys the Bifrost. He's like, Loki's like, if you destroy the bridge, you're never going to see her again. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Jane. It is heartbreaking. And, you know, Thor, heartbroken, destroys it anyway, knows what he has to do for Asgard. They're good
0: for the Nine Realms. You good know. for the Nine
1: Realms, because Thor, Thor, by doing this, acts in the manner that Odin probably would have wanted him to. I think and that's, we hear from Odin at the end of the film. I'm already proud of you.
0: That's when he wakes from uh, the Odin sleep. And Odin wakes yeah. from
1: the Odin sleep at this time, comes out, and stops them as Thor's trying to prevent Loki from falling off the edge. And the whole battle, keep in mind, was Loki doing a bunch of series of projections and, you know... we yeah, really, had, like, like,
0: 20 of them. Ooh, yeah, no, Loki, away, Loki know?
1: just fooling Thor with projections and with his trickster moves... And as he's about to fall off the rainbow bridge, Thor grabs him. And as Odin shows up, Loki says, I could have done it, father. For you. For you. For all of us. For all of us. But no, Loki, Loki let's go. Loki, no. And plunges to his death into the cosmos. But obviously, he's alive. he is alive well, and well.
0: We see it at the end credit scene. That's what so we,
1: see. we don't know how at this particular point in time. When the movie came out, but Loki, so Loki is dead. He went
0: into didn't he go into a black hole?
1: Black hole falls into a black hole. Exactly. Falls into a black hole. And Loki, you know, so he's gone. Everyone's on Asgard is mourning. They're saying Thor is mourning his brother more than you realize. And the film basically ends on an upbeat. You know, Odin's proud of Thor. Jane is on Earth trying to find a way back to Thor, but Loki is gone. Yeah. So, however. Because we have an Avengers movie coming up, and we need a big villain, and Loki killed it in this movie, yeah. guess who's coming back?
0: I wonder what their thought process was behind making Loki the, like the main Avengers villain.
1: Well, I think that it would have been too early to pull the trigger on a Thanos-type. No, way
0: too early. Yeah. They
1: were really setting up. Exactly. And they. I think that they really needed a personal villain, someone with a connection to the Avengers in some way and using loki as that personal connection to thor and you know obviously he's not like personally close with any of the other avengers no but he makes he but the bridge himself. to yeah. thor yeah. makes that work and then obviously everything else ties in uh shield nick fury phil colson everything else comes into place for the avengers
0: yes we get the post credit scene with nick fury and eric selvig
1: yep and, and they're experimenting on the tesseract The first, this is this is actually the the very first appearance of the Infinity Stones in the MCU. For, uh, and you know, the Tesseract out of all the Infinity Stones, I think is the one that has gotten the most. I guess you could say it's gotten the most attention out of all of them. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's been everywhere. Even in the Loki series, (laughs) it's in the Loki series. It's in in Ragnarok. It's in the Avengers. Every Avengers movie. It's in Infinity War and Endgame. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's everywhere, and this is the Infinity Stone Captain America One. It's the central theme of Cap One, and it really is. It's it's really nice to see. And look, I don't know if they planned for the Tesseract to be an Infinity
0: Stone at first. No, I mean, I remember when they were first discussing, like, oh, the Mind Stone compared to the, the Space Stone, like, what stones were they were both blue,
1: yeah, you know, but you know, I, I, either way. The, they use the Tesseract later on as an Infinity Stone. And the, again, it's introduced early. Even if it was a slight retcon, it's still a good piece of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's there for Marvel, and they use it. So the post credit scene basically tells us, oh, Loki's alive. Uh, you know, so you know, weird. so yeah, basically, know, but... Loki is somehow on Earth. I've always been confused by this scene. The way I interpret it is, Loki is on Earth following Eric Selvig, but they can't see him.
0: No, he's kind of like a.
1: But he's in the shadows.
0: He's in the in a mirror. He's. In I guess a, he's maybe shouldn't.
1: he's doing some trickster move. Another way to interpret it is that he's already possessed Selvig and controlled him with the Mind Stone. He did well. He did control. He could well. He controlled him with the Mind Stone, obviously in
0: Avengers. But yeah, he, he did. Pers- he did like use kind of a magic trick on him where it was like, oh, uh, seems like it's worth a look. You know? Yeah, we'll check out the Tesseract.
1: So. I don't know if it meant he was already controlling him at that point or if it was just him saying the line and Selvig, like, said the same thing. Who knows? But either way, it sets up the Avengers where basically, yeah, Loki is going to be going after the Tesseract. And the post credit scenes back in phase one, I think, were a lot more straightforward. You know, I think that they were a lot more you know just setting up the next movie whereas now it's like earth shattering changes yeah every time you watch a post credit scene now it's totally different exactly so you know in terms of that i mean nick uh, overall i mean what, what would you say your favorite thing about this movie is favorite thing
0: about this movie uh
1: i'm not really sure what my favorite part of the movie is
0: i can tell you one thing i i don't like about the movie is the fact that Thor's
1: hair and his eyebrows. Yeah, no, they, they look a little bit off in this movie. You know, I At least compared to later films, definitely. I 100%, I agree with you there. And I could say another thing would be that even
0: though you see it in Ragnarok, you don't see Thor's helmet like you do in the introduction of the movie. Yeah, no, the
1: introduction's the first introduction to the comic-accurate helmet. But it's kind of the only time we see it in this movie. You don't see it anywhere else. You don't see it in Endgame or nothing. No, no. I mean, it is a little campy by comparison to other people. And how their now their costumes look, but yeah, you're right. I wish we would have seen more of it. I
0: just wanted to see a little bit more of it. No,
1: I like the wings coming off of that. I like it. It's a great, it's a comic book now, accuracy. In terms of me, I mean, my favorite thing about this film, I, the it's the scene where Selvig and Thor, after they oh, they're, drinking. they're after the, he escapes the shield facility, and he's bailed out by Selvig, and they go out to drink, and Selvig tries to hang with Thor drinking, and instead he gets absolutely hammered. Yeah, they
0: kind of go on a drinking contest. Like, Eric Selvig's trying to, like, out-drink Thor.
1: Yeah, and he gets himself absolutely wasted. But Thor's perfectly fine. <laughs> he made yeah. his ancestors proud. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, that's Thor. Overall, I mean, look, I think it gets more hate than it should. It's definitely not top-shelf Marvel, but it's it's still a very good rewatchable film from Phase 1.
0: No, it, it is very I think any movie in phase one is very rewatchable.
1: Yeah. No. And uh, overall, man, I mean, I, I think that I think that this movie did a good job of setting up the Avengers and introducing Loki and Thor in particular. You know, yeah. So, uh, but looks like that's going to be it for this episode of the MNN M&M Marvel Mania podcast. Uh, next up on our list is going to be Captain America, the first Avenger. I know you're thoroughly looking forward I'll, to that one. I love that. I know you're thoroughly looking forward to that. You cap fanboy. <laughs> But uh, for the Eminem Marvel Media Podcast, I have been Mike. I'm Nick. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.